We've been studying the Psalms in the morning in our discipleship group, Monday through Friday, and one of the things that stands out to me from the Psalms is that there is this constant division that shows up between the righteous and the wicked. There's this thesis, antithesis, and the question that keeps coming back in the worship manual that God has given us is, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? So there's this great you know, opposition to all that is wicked, and then there's this embracing of all that is righteous in the Psalms. And uh, Pastor Todd Strasser will be bringing that out with Psalm 119 this morning. But I'd like to take a look at 1 Kings 18 this morning, if you'd turn there just for a moment. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 20 and 21. This is Elijah on Mount Carmel. You remember the dramatic scene where God's people have gotten into compromise and synthesis with the wicked tribes around them, and, and, uh, and King Ahab is opposed to God, opposed to his prophet Elijah, and we read in 1 Kings 18, verse 20, so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel, and Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long? Halt you between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. It's a good question. How long do you limp between two different opinions? Which will it be? Will it be Baal on the one side or God on the other? And the response was dead silence. No response to the sermon. He was preaching to a brick wall. It was a tough crowd, by the way, when nobody renders a response to the question. Just silence. Nobody really wants to answer the question. How long halts you between two opinions? And, you know, the New Testament brings this out as well in a couple different passages. Paul presses this question in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He's warning about the unequal yoking with unbelievers, agreeing with the idolatry of the day, partnering with those who are against God's law, those for lawlessness. And these Corinthians were restricted in their affections for God and for Christ and for one another. This is, this is the context where Paul says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, Paul says, uh, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord. So the context is that they are just so lacking in fervent love one for another. They're just constipated in their love. The word restricted there is constipation. There's just not a whole lot of love poured out for the brothers and sisters in the church. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Then in Revelation chapter 3, you know about the lukewarm church. Then in James chapter 1, we've got this warning about the guy who prays but without faith. He's the person who wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So this morning I'd like to address two different groups of people. The first of which are those who are really truly on the fence. 
What's the message? Get off the fence. Fish or cut bait. Stop just putting one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus or one foot in the church. Serve God or bail, one or the other. Go for one or the other. Don't keep one foot in the world. Are you in or are you out? That's my question. And of course, that applies to every young person raised in the church. applies to me as I was raised in the church. That question is pushed upon all of God's people in every congregation, in Old Testament, New Testament, today to, are you in or are you out? That's the question for you today. Get off the fence. The fence is, of course, one of the most uncomfortable places to sit. If any of you have ever sat on a fence, it's not comfortable. So I'm telling you, get off the fence this morning. Are you in or are you out? And this is exactly what Joshua told the people at the end of his life. In Joshua 24, listen. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, When it comes to ultimate commitments, you're going to have to be honest and answer this question. Choose this day whom you will serve. How long will you come to this church and then put a foot in the world, go back to the world and be drawn into the world and look back after those things that Lot's wife were looking back at and she turned into a pillar of salt? When it comes to these ultimate commitments, folks, you've got to be honest and answer the question. Will you serve God or will you serve the cheesy God of self? Okay, because the God of self creeps up on you. Are you going to serve self or God? Which will it be? The cheesy God of the world or the true and living God? Which is it? If you will serve the all-powerful, all-authoritative, all-loving, all-good, all-just, all-holy God who will save you from your sin and from death and from hell forever and ever, if, if you will serve that God, then serve him. Which will it be this morning? Now, secondly, this message is for every single one of us because there is always a measure of half-heartedness with all of us. Half-heartedness, brothers and sisters, is not your friend. It's not fun. It's not edifying. It's not a comfortable position, not a good position to be in when you are half-hearted. Half-heartedness in your Christian life will only result in more fear, more faithlessness, a lack of assurance, a lack of protection, losing in the spiritual battles the grieving of the Holy Spirit, and a generally miserable Christian life. If there's any half-heartedness in you this morning, where you are casting an eye back towards the world, where you are not committing yourself to the means of grace, you're not committing yourself to family worship, you're not committing yourself to devotional life, you're not really committing yourself to attending church. That is not your friend. 
Lay aside the sin and the weight that so easily besets you. It might be an iPhone or something that just slows you down in the race. It may not be sinful, Malamin say, but is there something about your life that just dilutes your love for Jesus, your love for the church, your commitment to God? One of the things we've noticed in our discipleship group on Tuesday and on Thursday, and this has come out in our studies, and I think it's been very helpful. It's much better to stay on the path than to try to get back on the path once you're off the path. That's something we've, we've determined. And so it's harder to get up once you've fallen down. And it takes a while to recover. So, so, brothers and sisters, let me ask you this. How do you like being lukewarm? Anemic, always falling down in your Christian life, dead meat to the devil's attacks. What does that feel like to you? I mean, do you like that? Is that something like, yeah, you know, I've been dead meat. I get a demonic attack. I fold like a cheap suit. I get oppressed and depressed for the next three weeks. Yeah, this half-hearted Christian life is really kicking in for me. Is that, is that the way you feel about your anemia? About your lack of really being in, all in to the Christian life? Are you like, yeah, it's, it's really doing me a lot of good. I'm kind of pushing you a little bit. I'm asking you, are you all in or all out? Which is it this morning? So brothers and sisters, wouldn't you rather be on fire, consistently applying the means of grace, loving God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength? So the exhortation this morning is just worship God with all your heart today. You know, throw yourself into the hymns and the psalms this morning. Throw up your hands. Throw up your heart, whatever, but just keep, you know, you don't have to raise your hands, but raise every part of you in your soul and, and body and, and mind, all of that. Be all into the worship. Amen? How many of you want to be kind of half in, half out this morning? None of us do. Let's be all in. Let's worship God with all that is in us. Then the Bible speaks of fervently, strenuously loving one another. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. You know, you rush in here and you just want to grab onto and hug everybody. You know, that's the kind of fervency you've come in with this morning, isn't it? Because you're all in. You're loving God. You're loving His church. You're loving His people. Be sold out for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Live for God. Die for Jesus every day. Seek God with all your heart. Pray without ceasing. Pray in faith. Don't, don't pray with a little kind of wavery little voice and you're not really sure that God's even there or He's going to give you anything. No, pray with boldness. Step into the throne room of Almighty God with boldness. Amen? Brothers and sisters, He's there to answer our prayers. I encourage you to be all in with faith. Step out of the boat. Do everything as unto the Lord with all your heart tomorrow. Dedicate the rest of your life, investing in eternity. Readjust all your priorities with the kingdom of God in mind. Fall on the sword of the word of God this morning. Let it dig deeply into the core of your being, penetrating into your soul. Be steady, be consistent, be steadfast. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Abide in the word, abide in Christ, full time from this day forward. 
And don't be so easily distracted by the world. Stop being so flaky in your Christian life. Young people, be sober, be serious. Live in the reverence and the fear of God all the day long. Be all in. Or just get out. Be all in. Are you in or out? Are you on the fence still? Are you in or are you out? Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answer him, Not a word. And then you remember the contest followed. 850 prophets of Baal versus Elijah. And Baal failed to show up. He didn't send any fire to the altar. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones, Elijah built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. He put the wood in order, cut the bullock in pieces, laid upon the wood, and said, fill four barrels of water, pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. They did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. They did it a third time. And the water ran down about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art the God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things with thy word. Hear me, O Lord, O hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again, and the fire of the Lord fell. And consumed the bird sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Let's say that together. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning. Father, because you are our God. You are our Savior. You are Redeemer. You are the one worthy of all of our worship, all of our service. Jesus, you died for us. Now we live because of you. Father, we confess our sins to you. Oh God, our worship. Oh God, our lives do not match the benefit, the grace that you have poured out upon us. Oh God, our worship is not concomitant with the beauty of your glory the character of your nature, the, 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 the power and the amazing grace of, of the work that you have done in salvation. Oh God, we have been so half, half-hearted. Oh, we have been so uh, half in, half out as your people. Oh Father, we intend this morning. Oh God, we want this morning. Oh God, we commit, we vow this morning that we would sacrifice ourselves as that living sacrifice, giving not just part of it, not trying to crawl off the altar all the time, but Father, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice for you. Oh God, forgive us for our half-heartedness. Forgive us for our idolatries. Forgive us, Father, for not giving you all of the love, not pouring out the love with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Forgive us for these things. Oh God, forgive me. Forgive my brothers and sisters. Oh God, now we take a moment to confess our own sins quietly.